You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're joining me for episode 228 of the Blended Family Podcast, and I've got an expert interview for you today on marriage, and this is actually something that we recorded, I think, back last August, and I'm just getting to it now, but I'm kind of glad because it seems very relevant to post it now during this time, and I'm saying that because I'm hearing a lot of people that are having marital problems right now. And this is really no surprise, right? We're coming out of a quarantine that's been months long. And that quarantine has affected so many relationships and, of course, marriages. Uh, And for better or worse, really, I've definitely heard stories of marriages that have gotten better during this time because they've done the work. And, you know, this time really was a time for us to do the work. Not everybody's done it. Um, I've been doing it. That's why you haven't seen me around very much. I've been doing some internal work and working on the things in my life that I found weren't working for me. Like I had a lot of systems in my life that weren't working. I, I was a workaholic. And as you know, I got very sick because I was doing that. And so my thing that I needed to work on over this time was learning to let things go and learning how to let go of the structure. And it's working and I'm doing a lot better, but it, it wasn't easy to get through these few months because I really had to take a hard look at myself and some of the things that, I'm, that I don't like about myself. And that's not always easy to do. And so that's, that's been happening in relationships too. And tensions are really high in general just because of what's going on. You know, we have the quarantine, we have the virus, we have shutdowns. And then of course we have the Black Lives Matter movement that's been more recently. And so everyone's tensions are super high, not to mention we've been spending more time together because we couldn't go out. And so some couples aren't used to being together so much. So that was a problem for some people. Um, For other people, they are growing during this process. Like I said, I've been trying to work on myself. Some other people are doing that too. So sometimes what happens in that growing process is that people don't always grow together. Sometimes they grow apart as one person maybe wants to make improvements in their life and maybe the other person is just seeing things in a different way. And that's okay, but that happens sometimes. And then also there was tension because we've got kids home and they're not at school. So parents are not getting a break at all. You guys are trying to be providers. You're trying to be teachers. You're trying to have normal relationships and nothing has felt normal and you haven't had a break getting away from the kids. I mean, listen, they're normally in school and now it's like such a long summer for everybody. It's hard. And last, we have financial stress too that really can take a toll, especially as of late with everything shutting down. A lot of people were not making money, couldn't get financial aid. And so all of these things, and probably many of those things combined that we're all facing can certainly take a toll on a relationship. So we've got an expert interview for you today uh, who's an expert in marriages. So we'll get to that in just a moment. 
Let's see what's going on with me right now. You might have noticed that I have not been very active on social media. I'm, if it wasn't for you guys, I love you all so much and I love the Facebook group, but I am, I have not been happy with Facebook lately. I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't like the energy that's running around there. It's very negative, angry energy. So I kind of stepped aside um, and I'm trying to make my posts and things that I have to do. But if there's any of you out there that loves social media and you love the podcast, and you care enough about me and the mission of the show to want to do a good job, uh, I would love to have somebody that would love to help me moderate that Facebook group. If you're not yet part of the group, it's blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. You can join us there. And it's a wonderful community, but I really like to be able to get in there and moderate because as new people come in, sometimes there are negative energies and things like that. And we're really trying to keep it a positive place, especially with everything going on in the world. We all need support right now. We need love and we need non-judgment. So if there's any of my listeners who want to help me moderate that group, and that would really just involve reading over some of the posts and making sure they fit in with the rules of the group, uh, which we would go over. But you just, all that I ask, if you're going to do it, if that you are a person of very high integrity and that you understand fairness and non-judgment, that's all. So let me know if you want to do that. You can always email me, blendedfamilypodcast at gmail.com because I'm just exhausted lately. We're, we're still working. I'm still dealing with pain right now. We haven't really gotten to the bottom of that yet. And so I am just trying to deal with a lot of things. So I can use the help for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to let you guys know is, as you probably noticed, the same way that I am with not being very present on social media, I don't talk about myself a lot. Sometimes people think that I should talk about myself a little bit more. Um, and I am an open book, I promise you that. I'm just, I've always been weird about sharing personal things about me because in my head I always feel like why would you guys care why would you want to know and so I just I'm really funny like that but if you have a question for me please write and ask me I will tell you anything if you want to know anything about my journey in my own blended family or anything in my personal life I'm open to share so please if you want send me questions I will read them on the show I'm just not a person that just likes to tell stories about myself and I know I should really try to do that more but um, anything you want to know you just write to me and please rate and review this show on iTunes share with a friend who is in need um, please join my newsletter this is a big one because if I do move off of Facebook to another platform um, and there's some other reasons that I might be doing that but um, I would love to be able to make sure that I have a way to contact you to let you know if there's any changes or what I'm doing so if you don't already belong please go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe and that will get you the newsletter. Um, usually it's supposed to be once a month. I got to get back on my A game. I'm trying, guys. I really, I promise you, I am trying. Just been having a little bit of a struggle. So, and the last thing I just want to let you know, now that many of you might be starting to get back to a normal schedule and you're starting to go back to your normal visitation with your ex, spouse maybe, you might want to go and check out fair.com. Uh, if you scroll back, I can't remember the episode. I should have checked before I started recording here, but 
wasn't that long ago we did an episode with them, and it's FAYR.com, and it's a wonderful app and platform for ease in co-parenting. So if you want to learn more about that, just go to FAYR.com, F-A-Y-R.com, and use the code BLENDED! for a great discount. And that is all for today. I hope that you enjoy this interview on marriage. See you next week. I'm very excited to welcome Mort Fertel today, who's a leading authority on the psychology of relationships with a global reputation for saving marriages. He's the creator of Marriage Fitness, a relationship renewal system that has saved millions of couples from marital crisis. Mort is also the author of the book, Marriage Fitness, Four Steps to Building and Maintaining Phenomenal Love. And Mort is here today to share his proven strategies for creating a fulfilling, successful relationship. Welcome to the show, Mort. Thank you. I'm happy that you're here. And as you know, the show is about blended families, and we know what the divorce statistics are, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes, but... We know how difficult things are with marriages, and I'm glad that you've made that your line of work, but I know there's always a reason for that. There's usually a reason why people come into what they do. So I'd love to first start with your story of why you're here, what led you this way in life. Sure. I'll have to be brief because I don't want it to take the whole time, but yeah, this comes from a very personal place for me. It's not just work. It's not just a profession. Uh, but I got into this because my wife and I, many years ago, many years ago, had our own marital crisis. Um, it was kind of the impetus of it. The impetus for it was we, we had a son who died, uh, and then we had um, two daughters, twins, who also died. In a period of less than two years, we lost three children. It was a very, very, very difficult time. I can. I don't even. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, That's yeah. horrendous. And it really threw our marriage into a crisis. Um, and uh, we were really horrified at the, the type and the quality of the help that was available to us when we reached out for help with our marital issues. Um, everybody was asking us what was wrong. And everybody wanted us to speak about our problems and our issues to try to resolve them. And that probably sounds to all of you very normal. Well, of course, what else? Because that's what everybody does in this industry. But we found that all that did was it took the argument from our kitchen table to their office. Um, or if we were trying to follow some book or something, it just like facilitated what we were already doing, which was we were really like mired in all the negativity of our situation. And by the way, I don't think it really matters what the impetus was for the marital crisis. Of course, our situation was pretty unusual. But in my experience, it makes really no difference whether it was infidelity, whether it was betrayal, whether it was um, money problems, neglect, disconnection, whatever. It really doesn't matter that the solution in all the cases is the same, which is not to fix what's wrong, but to make new things right. And as soon as we started to focus on building really good relationship habits, it rebuilt the connection between us. In other words, created something new that was good. That was really when our marriage started to turn around. And after we got through this experience and really succeeded to reconcile, in fact, not only reconcile, but our relationship became something more fulfilling, more successful, more exciting than it really ever was even, even in the beginning when we met. 
And we really felt like we had a responsibility and obligation to help those that were dealing and suffering from marital crisis because we really felt that they were being misdirected by marriage counselors and therapists and by the industry in general, um, which again, also all, everybody wants to deal with communication issues, problem solving strategies, conflict resolution. It's mostly bogus. It doesn't work and it's not the core of the problem. The real issue is the lack of connection between a husband and a wife. And you don't reconnect by solving problems. You can, the, the absence of a negative doesn't make something positive. And uh, so anyway, that's a little bit about our story and a little bit about how I got into this. And here it is many, many years later. And thank God, uh, millions of users later. Um, they're using the marriage fitness uh, methodology successfully. Yeah, well, congratulations to you for being able to get through such a traumatic experience and be able to take that pain and turn it into strength and be able to help other people for what they're going through because not everybody can do that. And I got to be honest, hearing your story, and I don't know, I don't know the details, but just to know that no, no parent should ever have to lose a child and let alone all of them. I don't, I don't even know how you went on after that. So I give you all the credit in the world. And I thank you for that. I thank you for what you're doing. Um, I also love helping people in their marriages. Of course, our focus is blended families, which is definitely, definitely a challenging time for people because a lot of people come into a blended family with a lot of old baggage from their last marriage that they really, like you said, they weren't able to work through. And then they still carry that with them because they never really healed some of those relationships. And then they jump into a new one. And the divorce rates are really high as it is. But for blended families, they're even higher. I don't have those statistics on me, but it's growing every day. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit, why blended families are so challenging. And, um, but it's interesting what you said, you have a different approach, work on connection, not problem solving. And that's just such an interesting take. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Like why, why doesn't it help when you focus on the challenges? Because the problems and the challenges are not the, cha are not the problem. If you think the problem is the problem, that's the problem. The problem is not the problem. The problem that you've identified is a symptom of the core problem, which is a lack of connection between a husband and wife. Let's take communication, for example. People say all the time, you know, we can't communicate. We're not on the same page. We need communication strategies, communication techniques. Really? You know, my wife learned about Mars. I learned about Venus. We, we mastered all the communication techniques in the world. And it just made us more effective at communicating how much we hated each other. It accomplished nothing. Why? Because think about when you first met and you fell in love and you were connected. You could finish each other's sentences and communicate with the wink of an eye. And yet you didn't know any communication techniques and you were just getting to know each other. Here you are 10 years, 15 years, 20, 25 years later. You've mastered all the communication strategies. You know each other upside down, inside out, and you cannot say two words to each other. It's just one piece of evidence that I like to bring, there's lots more I could go on forever, that communication is the byproduct of the underlying relationship. 
it, it's not the problem. It's the consequence or the result. When I'm connected, I can communicate with you with the wink of an eye. And if I'm not, no communication strategies are going to help. Um, just another metaphor that might help explain it. For those of us that have lower back issues, we know that one of the most effective things we can do is sit-ups. Really? No, doc. It's not, my, it's not my stomach. It's my back. Yes, I know. I understand. Strengthening one part of your body very often can help heal another. And so too here, you know, if, if you go to the, uh, the, the, the skin doctor with a rash, it's rare that the rash is, a pro is the problem. It's also rare that the cream that you put on it is the solution. There's probably some dietary issue. There's probably some, you know, some, some real core issue that's giving birth to this problem. It's the same in a marriage. So people are very distracted by kind of the consequence or the result of these true underlying issues. And they identify them as that's what's wrong, that's the problem, that's what we have to fix. And no, it's not, that's actually distracting you. What you have to fix is the lack of connection intimacy, closeness, trust, safety, love between you and your spouse. And if you can fix that, everything else resolves itself. I, I can't take credit for this line. This is a great line. One of my own students said it when I was trying to explain this to him. And he said, oh, I get it. I get it. The problems don't actually get resolved. They just dissolve. Ah. Exactly it. Well, it makes perfect sense to me because even in my own life, I know that when my husband and I feel connected, we feel like we can conquer the world. And we have a lot of problems and challenges that come our way, especially with raising four teenagers. But when we're feeling connected, we actually feel like we can parent better and we can handle those challenges in a much better way. But when we're not connected, because maybe the stress has gotten in the way and for whatever reason, we're feeling less connected, I notice that everything seems insurmountable at those times. And so it makes perfect sense what you're saying. I just had never thought about it that way. And so this is just so, this is just blowing my mind right now because I never thought. So if, you, if we're talking about connection and Couples are feeling, let's say, a lack of, of it. What are your suggestions to get that connection back? I mean, I know they need to get your book, but just give us a few tips. Yeah, yeah. So that, of course, is the whole marriage fitness methodology. But, of course, I will give you a few tips. So one very simple tip is to catch your spouse doing something right every day. You know, we become the masters of catching them doing things wrong. Yeah. We don't miss a thing. Do me a favor, make a list of all the issues and problems you have with your spouse. Whenever I ask that question, I hear the pages turning, <laughs> pages turning, pages. I mean, like, I have to stop. Okay, that's enough. We only have so much time. Let's go on. Do me a favor, make a list of the things they do right. Blank, scare, blank stares, no scribbling, no page turning. Really? Really, there's nothing? Of course, there's a lot, but the frequency of being exposed to your spouse's blessings numbs you to the gratitude that you would otherwise have. It's like I live in Baltimore. When it snows here, the kids go nuts. Everybody's outside building snowmen, having snowball fights, schools closed, the streets are, you know, 
It's like a big deal. Why? Because it only snows a couple times a year. If we lived in Minneapolis, it would be just another day. There is a correlation between frequency and gratitude or appreciation, or I should say it's an inverse relationship. The more frequent something occurs, the less likely you are to appreciate it, which makes marriage is an inherent challenge because marriage is frequent. It also is one of the reasons why it makes affairs so seductive, right? Um, so we have to try to bring the freshness of an affair, God forbid, into our marriage. And we can do that by making a discipline out of catching our spouse doing something right. And then there's a step two to this, because I could be appreciative of my wife, but her not feel appreciated, right? How could that be? Because I didn't express it. Yeah. Right. So I have to catch her doing something right. And then I have to make a big deal out of it. Then I have to make a big deal out of it. The consequence of that will be that my level of appreciation is elevated and she feels appreciated. And this is one of the major issues going on with every couple in marital crisis is somebody, if not both people, are feeling taken for granted, unappreciated. This is a very simple exercise to do every single day. It takes about 30 seconds. And I, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. If we could get couples across America doing just this, forget the whole rest of the marriage fitness system, just this one exercise, I think it would cut the divorce rate in half. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because I feel like that's what we try to do with our kids. We try to not discipline them so much. We try to catch our kids doing something right and make sure we reward them or notice them for it as that positive reinforcement, but we don't do it with our spouse. And I do agree. We take our spouse for granted. And I think it's really a good practice. I love this, this concept and I'm going to try it myself too, because I'm definitely guilty, right? I have got a great husband and I will say it on this podcast all the time, how helpful he is. And he's my biggest cheerleader. And he does things all the time every day to make me feel special but how often do I thank him for those things? I don't know. I mean, probably not every day, right? And so I really like that you said that. And I, I agree. I think everybody should do it. And I hope that everybody really does. Uh, can you give us like one more little tip for connection? Sure. sure. Again, very simple. Um, but what is common sense is often not common practice. That which you invest in, you feel connected to. If you're out there on Sunday polishing your car, you're going to love your car. If you're giving your kids a bath every night and reading them a book to bed and giving them breakfast, you're going to love your kids. If you put your heart and soul into work, you're going to love your work. Where you put your time and your energy is where you feel connected. Spend one-on-one -on -one quality, uninterrupted time with your spouse on a weekly basis. Let's call it, if you will, date night. It's as old as the hills. You don't need Mort Fertel or any expert to tell it to you. But I guarantee you 99.9% .9 of the people listening to this right now don't have a date night. No. And, and you can't have a great marriage and feel connected and in love if you don't spend at least a few hours of uninterrupted quality time, one-on-one, -on -one, not with a movie, not watching some screen, not socializing at a party, not a double date with another couple, 
just facing your spouse, interacting, hanging out, enjoying each other. Yeah. And I, I agree. I, I talk about date night all the time and I always have people say, well, we have all these kids and we don't have any alone time. And I get that. Listen, Sean and I have not been alone in my house, I think for over two years for more than about 10 minutes because it's a constant, I mean, all the kids and the mother-in-law, but we know. And so there's times where, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but there's times where, you know, you can go for a walk or even in bed at night, when we go to bed at night, we will make sure that some part of our body, whether it's our toes or our fingers or our arm, whatever is touching just to get that connection in before we go to sleep. It's so important. And people don't realize, like, even if you just have time to sit at night in your room and just talk about the day, but at least talk to one another, because I think as parents, a lot of times, especially in blended families, we are we're just not talking. We're not communicating with each other because the world is just happening so quickly, especially with the kids. And so I agree with you. Date night is super important or date hour or date lunch or date breakfast. I don't care what it is, something. And also just another point, because I think sometimes when people hear that, they say, oh, we talk, we communicate all the time. But it's not just about talking and communicating. It's about a certain kind of private personal, relaxed communication. Very often the communication and the talking people are doing, it revolves around the business of running a family. Right. You know, and with, especially with blended families, that's particularly complicated and challenging because there tend to be lots of kids and lots going on and it takes a lot. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about those things we do. There, there's kind of two parts to a marriage, you know, like we're partners in the building, of, in the running of a family, but then we're also, or at least we should be, lovers yeah you know, and 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 so that the talking and communication that you just referred to just to clarify it's it can't just be about okay we've got everything in order because everything could be in order but people could be worlds apart they could be sleeping in the same bed but totally disconnected yeah connection comes when you put all the business aside and you just take some time to enjoy each other yeah, that's wonderful. Now, you talk a little bit about marriage counseling, and you say that it's a little bit flawed, traditional marriage counseling. Um, why do you say that? Explain. There are numerous uh, fundamental flaws in the process and the training. Uh, this, the length of this podcast is not nearly long <laughs> to cover, cover this in uh, thoroughly, but I'll, I'll give you just two bullet points. Well, one of them I already gave you. Uh, which is that not in all cases, but in most cases, most methodologies and most counselors, the conversation starts with what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong and what are the problem solved. And I've already talked about why yeah. from, from the get-go, you're on the wrong track. You know, um, there's uh, just a quick story to, to, uh, to highlight that point. There was a story of... Um, of a, uh, I think it was a warden, and he wanted Houdini to come to his prison because he said that he could create a cell that Houdini couldn't get out of. And so he, he put him in the prison, he locked the cell, and lo and behold, the masterful, magical Houdini couldn't break the lock, couldn't pick the lock, couldn't get out of the cell. 
Finally, after many hours of exhaustion, he leaned against the cell door and it opened. Wow. It wasn't locked. Hmm. Not even Houdini can pick a lock that's not locked. The, not, the amount of time and energy that's spent in the traditional marriage counseling process, trying to pick a lock that's not locked is ridiculous. That's a great analogy. The second bullet point I'll give you is that the, the training is amoral. In other words, professional counselors and therapists are trained not to um, judge. That's, that's, actually, that's not the best word, but not to, well, I guess it's really the only word I can use in this case, not to judge what somebody is doing as right or wrong. But it's more like, well, how's that working for you? Or how do you feel about that? Or what do you think about that? This is silly. The whole reason why people are in these messes is because generally speaking, they or their spouse or them, they're behaving in ways that don't work. They're violating some principle of relationships. In many cases, what they're doing is wrong. And they need somebody to tell them, this is wrong. This will not work. This is the principle you're violating. So just a, a, an extreme example, I did a full day intensive once in Detroit. After 45 minutes of being with this couple, I could tell there was something here that, I, uh, that they weren't revealing to me. So, okay, let me spend some time speaking to you guys privately. So I, I spent some time with her. I spent some time with him. When I spent some time with him, right away, he was out with it. You know, he's been having an affair. So I said, oh, gosh, you know, you got to stop. You have to stop this. I mean, you're here soliciting my help. You want to try to reconcile your marriage. You're betraying your wife. You're soiling your soul. Like, what are you doing? Stop this nonsense. He says, stop? Why? So I said, what do you mean, why? Didn't you tell me in an introduction that you've been in therapy for six months? He said, yeah. I said, your therapist never told you to stop, never told you this was wrong? No. Just wanted to know how I felt about it. <laughs> this is ridiculous, right? There is, a, there is a direct correlation between exclusivity and intimacy. The more exclusive something is, the more intimate it is. That's why when it comes to marital success and a relationship outside the marriage is wrong. It will not work. And if you're conducting yourself in an out extramarital relationship, and it violates the primary relationship that is the marriage, it destroys the marriage, it cannot work. You must stop. Nobody ever told them that. And what was fascinating about the day I had with that couple is that he wanted somebody to tell him. He wanted somebody to help him stop. But everybody just kept asking him about how he felt. Well, you know what? An affair feels good. Right. <laughs> but so does chocolate cake. <laughs> so does watching a lot of television, mindless television. So does taking drugs. Who right. Cares? It doesn't mean that it's good. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, some people are coming to us because their life is a mess. And their life is a mess because there are certain principles that, that, are, that are 
being violated in their lives and they need a roadmap. And supposedly we as professionals have that roadmap and we're supposed to give it to them. How can I give it to them unless I tell this guy what you're doing is wrong? Not in a judgmental, like I'm better kind of way, but in a like, I love you kind of way. I want to help you kind of way. Right? I have a responsibility here, kind of. I don't have an agenda. So anyway, it's just a much longer story, you know. Uh, but no, just that's. I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. You know, there's so many people out there that are therapists and psychiatrists and, you know, I joke with my husband all the time and I'm not, I'm not ragging on them. I think that everybody, there's good and there's bad in every field that you get into, but there's people that I know that have been to therapists over and over again and haven't gotten anything out of it. And now kind of makes sense a little bit what you're saying. I get that. I totally get that. And everybody's got something that works and something that doesn't. Um, I do know that a lot of my listeners are suffering and a lot of my listeners are struggling in their marriages. Cause like I said earlier, they're sometimes jumping into these blended family things before healing what needed to be healed from the previous marriage and it is what it is. Now they're here in these marriages and they write to me telling me, I don't know if I can go on. I don't know if I should go on. So my advice always is let's try to fix this. Let's try to work on your marriage because we don't want to keep having divorces and stuff. And we don't want to keep exposing kids to new blended families. You talk about seven secrets for fixing your marriage. And is there any way you can run through those quickly? Just because I know that people are really, really wanting to hold on to their marriage, but they just don't know how. So can you run through those? I don't know if I can run through all of them. Just like a very brief, just <laughs> very I, brief touch. But I've, I've given you a couple of them already. Okay. Uh, and I think what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, and I think your audience will really appreciate it, is I want to focus on one that really relates to blended families. Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah, I think you guys will get the most out of that. Um, you can tell, I think, that, you know, I, I really believe that there are certain core principles that kind of drive the success of whatever it is that we're doing. And when you get to the bedrock, to the core and identify them, uh, things can go f- quite smoothly from there. So I have worked with many, 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 many blended families. And in all cases, I really don't think that's an exaggeration. In 100% of the cases, The problem that couples in blended family have is all stemming from one misunderstanding. It's all coming from the same place. And if if your audience and anybody who's dealing with blended family can get this right, everything flows naturally and, and, and successfully from there. And the core principle is this, that when you get married, I don't care if it's your first marriage or your 10th marriage. I don't care if you're blending no children, five children, or 100 children. When you get married, you become a unit. You become an inseparable, impenetrable team. Somebody once said that the best definition of marriage was, and I wish this was video, So for those of you that are not watching but listening, I just put up the number one, the finger one. Put up one finger. That's the definition of marriage, one. Husband and wife become one. And that means if we are one, then we mean that means that we are a parenting unit. 
We are the matriarch and the patriarch of this family. Oh, some of these children are my biological children and some aren't? That's not relevant here. Okay, it, it might be relevant in, on some you know, DNA testing, but in terms of how we run our family, it's not relevant. How we look at these children, these are all our children. And I don't have any special role or authority because they are my biological children, nor am I responsible for taking any sort of back seat or subjugating myself because this child is not my biological child. We are the matriarch and the patriarch of this family. And we need to see each other as a team. We need to see these children as our children, inseparable by biology. And when we do that, then the kids start to see us as a team and as a unit, and they don't, um, they don't uh, uh, triangulate us because you're not my mom or you're not my dad or, you know, you know something like that. And so um, inevitably, every single blended family situation I have is uh, the issues and the problems are coming from the fact that people come into a blended marriage and they have this idea that these are my children, stay out of the way. And these are your children, that's your problem. And that attitude, that paradigm is divisive. It, it, separ it separates people, uh, you know, emotionally. And it ends up being the source of a much deeper divide and a much deeper separation. Yeah. And to add to what you're saying, there's another scenario that happens often where, because I do talk about teamwork and being a united team all the time. But there's some cases where you are a team, but you have a lot of pushback from the exes on either or both sides where those people come in and there's a lot of pushback saying, you're not the mother, you're not the father, you don't get to tell my kids this, this, and that. And it just adds another element. So I just wanted to point out if that's happening, I think what Mort would agree with is, is that's okay if that happens and we can't control what happens outside, but you still need to remain a united team with your partner, regardless of what your exes are saying and doing, you still need to both stand strong, right? hundred percent. And, and, um, and the two of you need to try, you may not be successful, but you need to try to get other parents that are parenting these children on this page. It's I mean, hard. It can be hard. On the one hand, it's hard because there's a lot of interesting dynamics. On the other hand, you know, as I was sharing what I was just sharing, you know, I, I saw you nodding and, you, you know, your face kind of lighting up because what I'm saying is self-evident. Like, we know it's true. So if we can communicate that to these other parents, they will know it's true also. And you're not sharing it for your benefit. I mean, the, the reason I'm sharing this is because it's the best thing for the kids. Right. <laughs> it's not just the best thing for the marriage. That's true. It's the best thing for the kids. So if the other parents really have the kids' best interest in mind, hopefully they will be open to this. But you know what? If they're not, you can't control that. But what you can control is the way things happen in your house. And you're not accountable to anybody 
including somebody's mother or father. You're not accountable to anybody in terms of what happens under your roof. You're the matriarch, you're the patriarch of that family, and you and your husband or you and your wife get to decide how we run this family. And as long as the kids, regardless of their biological makeup, are under your roof for that day, that weekend, that week, whatever it is, that's your family. And you get to decide how to run it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, and if the kids end up getting exposed to a different approach under a different roof, not ideal, but I'll tell you something, give it enough time. These kids are not stupid. Give it enough time. They will appreciate if you're doing it right, that you love them, that you have their interest in mind and that your approach is the right one. That's right. I say that all the time that you just need to do the right thing. It doesn't matter about the other house because you can't control it. But as long as you keep doing the right thing, the kids do end up coming back around and saying, Hey, and now I get it. You know, we've already had it happen in our house. Like now I get why you guys do it this way or why you say it like this. So um, it is interesting as the kids get older, because, you know, now that I've got the teenagers, they're coming back and they're, they're, they're finally saying, hey, the way that you guys have run this family in this house for all these years, we appreciate it, you know, because it's different than what they see in other houses. And it doesn't mean that the other houses are wrong. It's not my business. It's not my place. But we just know the way we do things over here. And we've always been a team because we know how important that is. But I love everything that you're saying because it's just really hitting home all the stuff about the connection too. That's just really, really incredible stuff. I want the listeners today to know a little bit more about your program and your book. So can you talk about those a little bit? Sure. So first of all, um, you know, if you like, I created a special webpage on my website for your listeners, um, mortfertel.com slash blended. And you can get my free report there, Seven Secrets for Fixing Your Marriage. And on my website there, you'll also learn more about the Marriage Fitness Program. The main program is the Marriage Fitness Telebootcamp. Uh, it can be done from any, anywhere in the world. It's, a, uh, you know, it's an online remote program. And it gives you step-by-step instructions on basically how to turn your marriage around, dealing with people that are in marital crisis. In addition to the Marriage Fitness Telebootcamp, some people do um, you know, hire me for one-on-one uh, sessions. I do them via telephone. And I also do, as I mentioned before, full-day intensive house calls. That's amazing. And talk about the book. Yeah, so the book is really actually, interestingly, a very small part of what I do. Um, The book is called Marriage Fitness. You can get it on Amazon. But it's kind of just an introduction to the marriage fitness methodology. And uh, it's good for a couple that kind of wants to enrich their marriage But at this point, 99.9% of the people I'm working with are in marital crisis. And the the Marriage Fitness Teleboot is a much more comprehensive and is dealing with those crisis-oriented issues. Yeah, totally. So if you listening out there, if you're having any trouble in your marriage, you definitely want to reach out to Mort. Check out his stuff. I'm going to put all of his links in the show notes for you. But go take a peek. And even if your marriage, you feel like it's in pretty good shape, Get his book anyway, because 
I don't care how good your marriage is. We all need a little bit of help, right? We all seem to like let things go sometimes. I even told you that we're guilty of taking one another for granted. It just happens when you're raising a family and you're busy. It's just really hard because you're so focused on the kids. Sometimes we don't focus on one another. And so you definitely want to reach out to Mort. He's a wealth of knowledge. Don't forget to go to his website, mortfortell.com slash blended, right, Mort, to get the seven secrets for fixing your marriage. And uh, Mort, just before we go, just any last words of encouragement or advice for my listeners? Well, your listeners are all parents uh, in, you know, in blended families. And so you're all, you all have children and you all, of course, love your children and want to do what's best for your children. Let me point out to you that the greatest thing you can do for your children is to have a great marriage. Because the greatest thing you can do for your children is to raise them in a home where there's love. And unless they see love between you and your wife or you and your husband, then they won't know how to create that love in their home. And we all know you can live in a fabulous house. You can be popular at work and with your friends. You can be in great shape. But if you're not in love, if you don't feel connected and really blessed to be on the same pillow with this person at night, then your life is empty. We don't want our kids' lives to be empty. We want them to be filled and enriched with love and a deep connection with their husband or wife. Well, your life and how you live with your spouse is teaching them how to do that, right? There's three keys to parenting. Everybody knows what they are. Example, example, and now you know the third one, example. Yeah. There is nothing else, right? They become us. Now, some other things they learn somewhere else, right? You teach them to drive, but they also have driver's ed. You teach them a little math, but they also have a math teacher. Marriage? No school. No college. No course. And all the wedding gifts they get, I guarantee you nobody will give them a copy of Marriage Fitness or any other marriage book. So where are they going to learn it? Well, they're going to learn it from you and not what you say, because they don't listen to what we say. They listen to what we do. So do it. Have a great marriage. Invest in it. Connect with your spouse. And you will be through osmosis, so to speak, teaching your children how to recreate that love in their home, which will be the most important thing in their life, just like it's the most important thing. That is truly powerful and it really makes you think the opposite of that if you're not doing it good, if you're having a bad marriage and you're not getting the help that you need, that is also being transferred to your children. So this is so, so important what Mort is saying. Mort, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge about marriage and divorce and how to make things work. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Listeners, be sure to check out everything that Mort has because you want to listen to this man. He can definitely save your marriage if your marriage is in trouble and he can help you just look at things in a different light like I already have just from this one conversation. So I hope that that was valuable to you and you enjoyed and we will catch you next week. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.